I do think that once you plant the seed, everything arrives and grow and blossom if you water it. And I literally watered. I was I had thirst for um, learning about myself, who I really was. Like, really, who am I? This question comes back to me all the time, even now, like, who am I? Welcome to The Healing Cocoon. I'm Jacoby Gray, soul alignment and success coach and energy healer, which means I can intuit the subtle layers of your energy field to promote ultimate health and well-being. My goal for this podcast is to shed light on the healing journey itself and help you feel more supported as you embark on the process of unpacking your past to consciously create your present and start living the life of your dreams. Through the study of coaching, kinesiology, holographic kinetics, meditation, Reiki, the chakra system, and many other modalities, I've learned how to release the blocks that were holding me back. Now I'd love to help you do the same. By embarking on your own self-healing process, you'll see the world transforming around you in ways you never thought possible. You'll begin to experience more connection, clarity, love, fulfillment, synchronicity, and success than you've ever had before. So welcome to The Ascension. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Healing Cocoon podcast for another week. Today, I'm talking with Karen Nitsch, a beautiful soul who I met in 2018 through our mutual friend, Katie Tyner of Moon Body Soul. Last October, Karen and Katie co-hosted a retreat, and I have chatted on and on and on about how wonderful this retreat is. And if you're a regular listener, you will have heard about this retreat many times over now. But Karen and Katie actually co-hosted that retreat with last week's guest, Whitney Willison. And I attended the retreat and it was the most magical experience. Karen hosted a transformative breathwork session and she also led us through a contact style dance experience as part of the closing ceremony. I remember some of the guests were a bit nervous to participate in a dance workshop, but it was honestly the most tender, intimate movement experience that had everyone forgetting their fears and inhibitions and ending on an absolute high of interconnectedness it was really very special and kind of surprising Karen has such a gentle nature yet she's a strong presence when she's facilitating these workshops I could feel the depth of her experience and wisdom and felt completely safe in her hands a native from France she is a trained breathwork facilitator dance healing guide and yoga teacher based in Ojai, California. As a former dancer and actress, Karen has spent her life diving into creative expression through different modalities. Her curious and seeking spirit, combined with a fascination for movement, took her from ballet, jazz and contact dance to Chinese martial arts, qigong and yoga. She has woven these practices all together to create a holistic integration of the mind, body, heart and spirit. Karen is passionate about creating transformational experiences and rituals, expanding human consciousness and helping people connect to their soul's purpose. 
I've got such a soft spot for the French accent, so I could literally listen to this episode on repeat. Karen is graceful and wise in her expression, and I hope you enjoy this episode too. Send it to a friend or rate, subscribe and review if you do. If I trace back to my childhood, I always been very, very sensitive and intuitive. And when I was a kid, um, I didn't grow up in a house where I was religious or we had really a sense of spirituality. But for some reason, I was already very, very spiritual. And I recall when I was about eight years old, I started to have those dreams, like very, very intense dreams. And it was at the moment before my parents get uh, divorced. And I started to have those intense dreams and it looked like I was going out of my body into a cloud and I could see, I could see myself floating and going into this beautiful purple cloud. And this dream kept going, going, going. And, and until the point that I go to my mom and I tell the dreams every single day, I have this dream that I'm going out of my body. And I was eight years old. My mom is like, what are you talking about? Is it a nightmare? And I'm like, I don't know. I was very confused. This really remained into my consciousness when later I understood that I was kind of experiencing this kind of out of body experience and, and kind of like, uh, like traveling already with my consciousness. And, and I didn't get it when I was younger because I was, I was really re- we didn't have language for it. We didn't have language for spirituality or religion, or my dad is a scientist. And um, so I already, I always kept this for myself. And I always been like very intuitive, very in tune, communicate through dreams as well. Like I, I, now I know how to really navigate that. But I do think that my, really my healing journey started it started really at this moment where I started to understand my potential, but then I completely forgot about it. In my 20s, in my late 18 and 20s, I was really unconscious, as many people are in their 20s, is the stage where you learn and where you explore. And, and I put this side of myself away, really away. And until around my Saturn return, I think I was about 20 seven, 28, 29, like really this moment where I moved to Los Angeles and it really opened a door within me where I was not, I grew up in France and in France, it was like, really you're in a box and you need to do this and you can't really go away from this box. And when I moved to LA, I started to, you know, take my wings and fly and, and I realized, oh, there is so many dimensions in my being that I repressed and I suppressed that now I have the freedom and the space to connect to it. And the moment that I realized that many kind of healing modalities came to me and also California is amazing for that. I was really, really blessed, I think, to land in LA. And I think my, my spirit was called there as well because uh, a long journey started after that. But I do think that the healing started when I gave myself permission to be me and to be authentically me without putting a mask, without putting a facade, without repressing what I felt. Um, but I just had the space and I was on my own. And then a journey started really at this moment. And yeah, I think really 
it's the moment that every all the doors opened and it was not long time ago actually it was not that long time ago so i'm still i'm i'm still in this process <laughs> yeah because i remember meeting you um at Katie's house. So I've interviewed Katie previously on the podcast um, from Moon Body yeah. Soul and we were both doing some work for her. And I think I remember meeting you and at that point you were modeling and I think even acting. And then somewhere through yeah. that journey, which wasn't that long um, after you were studying breath work and you were yeah. starting to take your dance into a whole new place in terms of like community and helping people reconnect with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do think that was the period where I discovered myself more. Um, there was a shift, really, a really strong shift in my being when I was in an industry that was not really fulfilling when I was in Paris. And then I moved to LA at the beginning and the fashion industry and then the entertainment industry, there was a part of me that I loved it, but I didn't have room to really grow and learn. And the moment I was, the moment I really decided that I was okay with, you know, accepting all the be all the layers of myself and even the, 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 the part of myself that I thought were kind of like, how, what word can I use? Like, weird or you know because <laughs> yes i repressed it so much that um, the moment i accepted it and i think i met you at during this transition mm. during this transition and and once i i opened the door everything came to me like breathwork came into my life i met somebody um, i was at burning man and i met someone an amazing facilitator uh, that told me, hey, if you want to experiment breathwork, I'm based in Berlin. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to Berlin in a week. I would love to meet you in Berlin, you know, like in all. Wow. So, so serendipitous. Yeah. It was just like unfolding for you. Unfolding, coming, all those synchronicities came to me. And the only thing I, I needed to do, and now I realize looking back, is just I had to grab it to grab it and allow mm. myself to experience. And I did. I didn't have any expectation. I didn't even know where I was going. And that's the beauty of it is that I had no idea where I was going. I, yeah, I just trust in myself. I'm really curious. Was it, um, would you describe it as astral traveling or lucid dreaming, these dreams you were having as a child? I do think it was astral traveling. I didn't mention the uh, the exact word because depending on your on beliefs, you know, but mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. personal belief, I do think that was astral traveling and that was a connection to my to different state of consciousness that I was mm -hmm. already tapping into. And as a kid, we know that also our brain develop in, you know, from zero to six years old, we have the brain developing in a certain way and we are, we have less filters. So we're less, uh, we're more sensitive and we can access those places easily, easily, I would say. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I think that, that's what Was I that the part that you shut down was once, you know, you took it to your mom and you said, this is happening. And she was like, she couldn't see it, understand it or validate it for you. At that point, did you choose to just kind of stop it? Like, how did you turn it off? I, I do think I kept, con I was still connected to it because, it, but it was kind of a secret. It was kind of like this thing that you carry when you're a kid. 
Uh, and then I grew during my teenage years. I was really interested in meditation and how to access those places, but I kind of lo lost it on the way. I kind of like had the moment where I, the transition from, you know, uh, being preteen to teen and I tried to reconnect to it and I was doing different meditations. I was really interested in Buddhism and all that. Um, but I didn't share it with anybody really. And especially mm. not with my parents because yeah. they were <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So is so, that yeah. the moment when you said you reached out and grabbed it and then everything started to unfold for you again? Did, did something happen? Did you suddenly astral travel again and go, oh, I remember I can do this. And now that I'm an adult and I'm in my Saturn return and I want to start this again? Or like, what was it that you reached out to? grab or what stimulated you to remind you of these intuitive mm. skills I do think it was it, it didn't happen like that like that clear it was more of a feeling um I I personally think that because I allowed myself to to reconnect to who I really was I then gave myself the freedom to remember and reintegrate those aspects into my being. But it took a lot, a lot of time. It, it just didn't come like this. Um, no, I, I really think it's just, I got, I've always been interested in, in, you know, in Eastern philosophies and I was in Los Angeles so I could like study more about yoga and then attended all those Med different meditation practices and healing modalities and mm. and I think I saw that there is this beautiful beautiful openness here in California and I saw that I was not I was not a weirdo I was not different than all those other people like this is a normal way of being you know and and I could not understand that when I was when I was younger um, so for me, it just opened a brand new world and I felt, I felt at the right place. I felt like, um, everything that I knew before had made no, not sense. And that finally mm. I could be myself and finally I could experiment and I could play and it became very playful. It became very expensive and creative. And, and, uh, that's why then I took the direction that I'm in right now, uh, but it unfolded very organically and smooth. And it was kind of, yeah, I met many, many people that influenced my life to other people, teachers. Um, yeah. I do think that once you plant the seed, mm. everything arrives and grow and blossom if you water it. And I literally mm. watered. I was, I had thirst for, um, learning about myself who I really was like really who am I this question comes back to me all the time even now like who am I if you remove the the name if you remove the identity if you remove the labels like who are we and I think that's that was the seed of um the beginning of exploration for me and healing yeah that's such a beautiful analogy there was a thirst and you watered the seedling and now you've blossomed into the garden mm. of the integration of your intuitive self with your 3D human self who's out there living in the, you know, the, the world and all its constructs and who we are meant to be inside of that world. And mm -hmm. I relate to your story because I too was had such a strong calling to come to L.A., um, 
through the lens of filmmaking. And of course, when I got here and I ended up getting divorced, I dove in, dove in, I dived into yoga and suddenly everything opened up for me. And like you, it was LA is such a, there's definitely yeah. an energy there. There's a spiritual energy there. It's like a portal. And I know that there's so many cliches about LA and everyone drinking green juice and all the things, but if you if you have the capacity to get yourself there and you feel a calling, I say do it because it it's a wild city and it will break you open, but it will also really feed your soul in a way that you've never experienced before. Totally. And because it breaks you open, then you discover then who you truly are and why. That's really the I, I do think that's the essence of LA that mm. we need this death and rebirth when we live in Los Angeles. And I know it's That is shame. so true. Everyone <laughs> dies in LA and is reborn. <laughs> there's there's a lot of tumultuous energy, but it's people are literally rebirthing themselves. Yeah. And it's magical to witness. And I think I was very inspired by it. Mm. Uh, when I say that I had those teachers is also I I see my teachers are everybody that I meet. I see so much potential in every relationships that I formed in Los Angeles and elsewhere. And for me, it was inspiring through those relationships to just, um, yeah, give myself the freedom to be like that, to, to die, you know, the old Karen, let it die. Like, it's so scary, mm. but it was so needed. And LA was perfect for that. <laughs> It is. Yeah. And there's always that fear of, well, if I, if I shed myself entirely, will I still be remembered and fit in when I go home to my family and friends? And what I've realized mm -hmm. is just, it's just a deepening of the self that you experience is what a rebirth is. And sure, there may be aspects of the old you that do fall away and there will be people that you mm -hmm. no longer kind of like resonate with. But overall, I found that my relationships are more enriched as a result of yeah. me going deeper and sort of having all of these rebirths. Totally. And then you attract the people and then it's, it's a natural process. It's really mm. a natural process. It's beautiful. And that's, that's how I do think that as human beings, that's um, different stages of life that we're going through. And this is so needed. And if we fight it, if we resist it, then uh, this is when the struggle really appears and uh, we might start to get disease or things can appear. But if we just embrace it, then it's it's painful. But then there is a freedom at, on the other side mm -hmm. and it can be easy to it can be easy to say. But truly, it's 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 alchemy to me, this mm -hmm. process. So, yes. Yeah. And an incredible tool that can help you rebirth yourself is coming back around to breathwork, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. which I'm guessing is something that you used yourself before you decided to become a facilitator to help you move through some of the harder parts of your awakening. And totally. Yeah. And um, the first, so the first breathwork experience I had, I had no expectation because I didn't know at all what I was about to do. I walked into this living room, into this place in Berlin of this woman, and and I had no idea what it was about. And she just told me, you know, open yourself to the process. Just let yourself be carried by the music, by the breath. And 
I was like, okay, that sounds pretty easy. So I lay down and then I probably had the most meaningful and the most transformational breathwork and experience of my life. It was even mm -hmm. more intense than taking psychedelics or working with gems. It was just like so powerful. And I remember just feeling so much anger. I was so angry. And I, she was like, just let yourself be angry. Let yourself be angry. And, and I really so much that day, I had no idea where this anger was coming from. And at the end of the session, I just felt, ah, oh, a release, like almost if I lost like five or 10 kilos, I just felt like so light, so, so light. And that opened my curiosity because I was like, okay, what just happened? I don't, I don't really get it. Like with my regular consciousness, like travel places, I had those kind of uh, re-experiencing travel, astral travel and reconnecting to my inner child. And there was so many different experiencing and, and experiences in one hour that it was very conf confusing for my, for my, for my thinking mind. <laughs> <laughs> and but my body felt it was really in like an I could feel embodied I could feel my body and 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 all this anger the, there was a big question mark well where was it coming from you mm. know and and going back to breath work and experiencing other I went to different workshops and and really this this part of working on my self-development really mm -hmm. trying to understand all those emotions that were stuck in my body because the body holds a lot, a lot, and we're not even conscious. Um, that was the starting point for me. And breathwork helped me to uncover and release all those emotional tensions that I had in my body. And anger was the first, the most powerful thing that I really ever released is I didn't even know I was angry. I, I did. I had no idea. I'm interrupting this awesome chat to tell you about one of my all-time favorite creations, the Chakra Meditations, a potent combination of Yoga Nidra, binaural beats, and the Chakra System. These meditations are designed to guide you into a deep state of relaxation where your nervous system can totally decompress and create the space for healing. I took my time crafting these meditation scripts because I wanted to make sure they resonated with every ounce of truth, transformation and light I could hold. Each individual meditation addresses the specific attributes of each chakra and has a soundscape composed by source vibrations that is attuned to the frequency of each chakra as well. So from the main root aspects of prosperity, grounding and belonging, all the way up to the bliss, self-reflection and enlightenment of the crown chakra, each meditation is going to take you on an intricately curated journey to energetic freedom. You can download them via the link in the show notes of this episode or on our website, urbanascension.co. That's C-O, not .com, urbanascension.co under the chakra banner. 
then I went to other workshops. I did really long uh, breathwork sessions with holotropic breathwork modalities, which is a modality where you breathe for three hours and it's a really safe container, really beautiful, a bit the same that we, that I offer now. Um, but then I uncover and I, I was able to trace back where this anger comes from. And it took me on a journey. It took me on a really long journey. And I just, I just clicked with, with breathwork. It was so transformational for me that at some point after one year of going to workshops, I decided, okay, this is, this is so powerful to access different state of consciousness without any substance, with just your breath, the music mm. and yourself and feeling safe. And also because I was feeling really safe. So I could go to those, to those places. So I decided to just train and, and, and I made it my kind of life like purpose to, to just help people to reconnect to their bodies, reconnect to their sensations, reconnect to their emotions so that they can free themselves of all those, all those blocks that we have and we're not even aware of it. And yeah, that was so healing for me that, um, yeah, it start, it really started like that. And yeah, now it's, it's been two amazing. years that I facilitate. Yeah. And yeah. so th- even the journey you went on tracing back to where the anger came from and you don't need to share if you don't want to, but I find that so interesting. Do you, was it a repressed memory that you uncovered or was it just like a, a, a sense of not, not being seen or heard that you had just experienced mm-hmm. your whole life? So it was a way of being that you weren't even conscious of, so you had to track back and understand it. Like I'm always so interested to know when we're disconnected with one aspect of ourselves and how the process mm-hmm. of recovering that so we can reintegrate. Yeah, so my the main material that came back uh, that I, I, I processed was um, my own material, meaning my experience that I had with my, with my mom and with my parents when I was a child. Um, mm-hmm. I always had to... Um, pacify the situations meaning I was kind of I developed this thing of being a people pleaser because I I was feeling responsible of my parents emotion emotional states um I I repressed a lot of things because I felt responsible my whole life mostly for my parents uh but I was angry at them I was I had a lot of a lot of resentment uh on the surface they're the most loving, amazing parents. Mm. They cherish me. They loved me and nothing really wrong happened in my childhood. But I was, I felt so angry that I was, uh, they made me feel so responsible in a way unconsciously that I hold it, I hold it in myself. And then you could see it in my behaviors. You could see it in my life. You know, it really carried what I started to, you know, go back into the skeleton of my life. I could see those moments where, oh, okay, I wasn't myself. I was pleasing. I was, um, you know, um, minimizing myself. I was trying to pacify the situation and like, I wanted everyone to be happy and, and, you know, like no conflict. Um, and all that made me so angry, so, so angry. And I wasn't really aware of it until, the process. And then there is all the layers, a lot more anger and and grief and shame came to coming Mm -hmm. from, I do think it's something I carry from my lineage. 
probably from yes. my mom and yes and my mom had a lot of uh, grief and process and anger and process towards her mom and um when we go to yeah when we go to those places of of different state of consciousness when we we don't have this constant noise of the of the head the chit chat mind you know then we can reconnect to really to the truth the essence and and i do think there is a lot of materials that i was carrying of my of my mother that i was able to process and and free myself of it yeah mm. still a and long then process as a result so like freeing everybody in front of you and then freeing all the generations ahead of you by that's the thing I, I I mean you do hear it said a lot but also for new people who are new to this sort of journey mm-hmm. it, it can feel so difficult to be the chosen one to do this work and often it's totally. like why me I for a long the longest time I just wanted to be remain sort of like ignorant and I was like I just want to wake up go to my job come home feed my dog go to bed like I don't want to be this person who's doing all of this stuff it's painful and no one else is doing it and but the, yeah. the gift is is much larger than the gift that you give to yourself it's the gift that you give to everybody else in your family and intergenerationally by being the one who does the healing, you literally change the pattern. Totally. Yeah. And I mm. do think also it doesn't have a time, a time um, kind of constriction because time is not really linear. So as me doing my healing and, and really working on myself, I might be healing my grandmother who was not here anymore. You mm. know, I might be healing my great grandmother um and then my child and then this i love this idea of we're just we're just the source and we we help each other we're all connected we're always connected um so yeah Mm. and and we don't even necessarily need to have experienced some great intense trauma like when people can say oh well i was abused or this or this happened and and there's something that they can really tangible that they can identify with and that they can go back to and use as the starting point for their journey. But when you've grown up in a, on, like you said, on the surface, like every, everything's great yeah. and you love your parents and they love you, but we're all humans and we're not here to have a completely like placid, harmonious experience yet until the planet gets to that point of, of like <laughs> upgrading, but we're not there yet. We're here as humans yeah. to have this experience. And I think you just showed um, or articulated really well how uh, the ability to um, it's go into those more subtle layers of your own psyche, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. breath work. And um, I mean, breath work is, is probably the one of the most effective tools for doing that because you get beyond the mind and this is why I know talk therapy helps a lot of people but for me I've always needed to access the unconscious because my my conscious mm-hmm. mind is is trying to trick me and just keep me in this loop of speaking the same stuff over and over and over again <laughs> you do breath work you get straight into those intricate layers and like you said you may just dive into some kind of anger and go whoa what is this where did this come from but then mm-hmm. then it's this process and it starts to reveal itself to you and then you have this awakening about being say a people pleaser like you did and that can impact so greatly um how you then move forward in the world and how you relate to other people totally totally and uh yeah i'm really also into my mind i'm very i'm a gemini i'm very 
into my head. I love using words. I love, you know, I'm curious, but I do think that's why this modality came to me because I needed an embodied experience. I needed, mm. I, I, I need to understand without my head and breathwork is beautiful for that because you don't need to put words and, and dance. We'll talk maybe a little bit about dance too, but mm -hmm. yes. there's no need to use the word language, the language that we use, usually use, but we just reconnect to ourselves. And there is a language here in our vessel, in our body, and, and breathwork helps to reconnect to that. Totally. Mm. So how do you create the container? I had the most wonderful experience of... Um, taking one of your breathwork um, sessions at the retreat and it was the entire thing, the, the integrity with which you opened the space, held the space, closed the space. It was so beautiful to watch and experience and um, you were so intentional and caring and you were monitoring the room on all levels. I could see that. You were physically present but spiritually you were holding the space um, mm -hmm. How do you, yes, create, go about personally creating your um, breathwork sessions? Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I'm really glad you were a part of this, of this session. That was such a beautiful moment. Um, mm. You know, one of my teacher that um, co-created and studied also and, and, and shared holotropic breathwork, uh, he passed, but his name um, is Tough Park tab sparks he always says the best gift you can give others is the work you've done on yourself it's the work you've done on yourself and that's what i bring in a room when when i create a room and start a session a breathwork session or any kind of sessions um i bring this this presence and all those, all this work that I've done on myself, all this, you know, this, this shedding that I've done and just bring it into the room so that I don't have to create anything really, because the beauty is we all have this inner wisdom, this, this inner guiding intelligence and breathwork really um, invites you to connect to your inner guiding intelligence. So I'm not really doing anything. I'm just bringing myself in a more, in the most like whole way. And I really remember that, that I'm in this, in this role of I'm facilitating. So my priority is safety. My priority is caring. I really, I, I leave the ego at the door. I like to think that because it's very important nowadays. Also, all those modalities are very popular. So we need to be very, we need to screen ourselves. We need to be very careful of not mixing our ego self, which is normal. You know, we, we, that's why we're alive. That's, that's why we're here. But leaving it at the door and just entering a space where you're sure that you create a room that is only for the benefits of all beings that are in the room. You don't interfere with that process. You don't bring, you don't bring anything. You're just here, pure presence and holding space. That's, that's what a space holder is really. Um, but I try to create this environment for people to just let themselves unfold and experience what they have to experience. So really safety, 
uh, presence, I would say. And then, and then, yes, there is a structure in the modality. We start with grounding, meditation, reconnecting to the body. Uh, and then also an important, very important part is making sure that everyone in the room is informed about what's going to happen because there is mm. there is a lot that can happen we can experience physiological you know like maybe you're going to have tensions that are going to be released and it's going to be painful or you're going to have emotional release and it's going to be also perhaps very joyful or very painful you can go into so many different states that my personal um, intention and mission is to make sure that everyone feels safe and are informed about what's going to happen. You don't take a substance, but <laughs> it, has, it has a potential that is incredible. spirit. You take spirit. Yeah. You take spirit and you reconnect. And so then, you know, the journey unfolds by itself. You just lay down mm. and I design a music that is, has a specific structure. It's a music that is meant, met, meant to evoke emotions. So it's not a meditative music. It's really a journey. And mm. it's been um, created by the creator of holotropic breathwork, Stanislas Grof, that was a therapist uh, in the 50s and was doing a lot of LSD therapy. Uh, he was a pioneer in the psychedelic um, therapeutic movement. And he designed those sessions and used different music, right? So he starts very tribal and then he climbs, like if you're climbing a peak and then you reach a, a breakthrough, like the top, and then it goes down and it's like a little bit softer and lower and integrative. And so this design, um, I took it and and I studied. So I studied neurodynamic breathwork, which is a different modality, but was takes its roots in holotropic breathwork. So we we really, the main work is creating a music set that is going to bring the participants into a journey, into their own self-discovery journey so that your consciousness can go and you can experience different emotions and you can go from different layers of your being. And then at the end, you integrate. Then at the end, you have a peaceful time and you come back to your body and then there is some silence. And then I bring you back into the room. But the power of this modality is that it's non-guided. I'm not telling you, breathe deeper, breathe faster, do this, do this. No, it's non-guided. Once the music starts, the only thing you need is your breath and the music, and you connect to your, to your inner resource. Always available. The resource is always available. It's just we are too distracted by our thoughts, by our chit-chat mind, and, and that's a beautiful opportunity to disconnect from it and connect to your, to your guidance. So I'm just here really to, to hold the space, make sure you're safe. Uh, often there is, there is a lot of movement, so you don't see me, but I'm around with pillows trying to make sure you don't hit one another or uh, some people need uh, call me and some people need more of a, a, a person next to them or holding hands. Uh, so if they call me, I, I go and interfere with the process. But if nobody calls me, I don't go. It's... It's really your own experience. Mm. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's really a beautiful, beautiful practice, and it's, it's so beautiful. totally non guided. And I'm just here to hold the space and not really. I don't I don't heal or I don't teach or I don't guide. I, I'm just creating a safe space, a safe container for people to to experience journey journey into different layers of themselves. I very much felt like that as well. That soundtrack was such a incredible journey, and I loved how the music was kind of so loud that I felt like I was having a solo experience because I think sometimes with breath work, mm-hmm. people can be a bit self-conscious about the other people in the room around them. And if they have some right. kind of like emotional breakdown or they withhold or they don't go as deep as they could. But what I loved is that this music took me on such a journey I had, and it was so loud that I felt it was all encompassing and it was just me in the room, even though it wasn't. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, thanks. It's really you're bathing in a blanket of sound. And then mm-hmm. if you want to connect to the support, the energy of the group, you can, because we're all in the same room together. But you feel, you you hear less, you might hear a little less what's happening next to you. That's true. Mm. Yeah. And then, so I remember we did that uh, towards the beginning of the retreat. And then on the last day of the retreat, we actually did... Um, some guided movement I mean that's based in dance but what would you what would you call it what we did so the modality that we that I shared with you is called contact beyond contact okay it's a beautiful practice that I studied with the creator Uh, his name is Vangelis Legakis he's Greek um Amazing, he's an amazing person, uh, dancer, choreographer, artist, um, uh, director, art director. And he created a modality called Contact Beyond Contact. And it's a really a blend, it's a movement practice, and it's a blend of different dance modalities. But not only dance modalities, but also healing modalities. So it takes its roots in contact and prov. There is like a little bit of contact and prov. And then we have some authentic movement, which is um, more of a dance therapy. I would say it's more therapeutic. And then there is some passing through. It's another dance modality. And then we blend and he blends everything with mindfulness, qigong. Qigong is also a big part of CBC. Uh, and other really healing modalities and that integrates the body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit. Mm. So it's a very uh, complete form of, we call it dense healing. Uh, mm, because it's not only that. dancing, um, it's really... We partner with people, we share with one another, we are in duos, we're in trios, we dance with the whole group. Uh, It's a modality that not only brings you into movement, makes you connect to your physical body, but also you connect to all the layers of your body and you can, there is, there is this psychosocial benefits from the practice. And that's what I love CBC and Contact Beyond Contact so much because we then analyze and this time we use our heads later on (laughs) first we connect Mm -hmm. to our bodies but later we analyze okay what are the psychosocial benefits because dance reflects life Uh, we bring into the room our life our behaviors 
you know, uh, how are we going to be with our relationships? And contact beyond contact allows you to be in this space. You have a very safe container so that you can go through that. See what are your behaviors? How do you respond? How do you invite people in your life? What are your boundaries? You know, do you have boundaries? Do you know how to set boundaries? That's going to show in the dance. That's going to show in the movement. And so that we bring to our consciousness, our way of moving with one another, our way of relating so that we can, we can flow and we can transform. It's a very transforma transformative practice. Um, mm. And then we can integrate everything into our, into our, our being. So, yeah, I trained in, in Contact Beyond Contact uh, 2021. I started in, in June 2021, and it came to me the same way that Breathwork came to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was in Guatemala and beautiful. As you do. And in Guatemala and went to Ecstatic Dance. And I, I, I'm a dancer myself. I danced mm -hmm. my whole life. Yes, I, was... I wanted to actually touch on that. You have, you've been, was it classical ballet that you did for most of your life? Or were you doing all types of dance? All types. But ballet was my core. But I was mm -hmm. doing all types of dance. I tried any form of dance possible. <laughs> I mm -hmm. love, dance was my first uh, language. Was my way of expressing myself, really. And, and, but I was more into the performance, more into, I didn't really understand the value of it. Even if I, I went to meditative places when I was dancing, I, I could not really understand. I was studying dance as a performance, as, you know, yeah, just go on stage and dance and demonstrate what you can do with your body. But then mm. I come across, um, I come across a static dance, for instance, or, or this modality, contact beyond contact, where there is no such a thing of demonstrating or, or performing. It's all about your truth. It's all about, once more, as we started this conversation, it's all about who are, who are you? Who am I? And how am I going to understand my, my, my being, my behaviors through movement? So it became way more therapeutic. And I, I, I saw dance, approached dance in a, with different eyes, uh, with different motives. And uh, it was a revelation for me. For me, that mm. was always like, look at me, I'm dancing, I'm yeah. performing. Now and all the, the concerts that you work towards every year and the costumes. And then if you yeah. become a dancer beyond your schooling life and beyond your training, then it is. It's like, what are you auditioning for? What are you, yeah, training exactly. for? What are you, yeah, rehearsing for? What show is it? But to just dance, and it's so then ingrained in you that dance is a performative, um, has a performative yeah. function, that then to totally. let that go psychologically and just go, I'm just going to move for me to be present in yeah. this very moment where this arm is going to do this and my finger is going to do this and how do I feel when I do that? And is anybody watching? No, it doesn't actually matter. Totally. And that's also what I'm working. I worked with my teacher is that he always tells me, Karen, you, and we all do, we have those way of moving those patterns. Mm -hmm. And he noticed it, right? Because he was watching us and he was like, okay, what, how would you like to move if you go away from your pattern? If you go away from your, 
training. How is how does your body wants to talk? What's your true language? You know, and and that opened my eyes. That really opened my eyes. Um, and also, I connected on a spiritual level to dance to the practice because when you sh- when you share a room and you feel it's very vulnerable. It's very, very vulnerable to let yourself be seen this way without any mask, without any costumes, without any choreography, you know, you're just yourself. Mm, That's a big one, isn't it? No choreography. (laughs) But just to move and even be witnessed in that, not knowing what you're going to do or what you even look like. It's very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. And yeah, no planning, no controlling just imp- improvisation right mm. it comes from contact improv it's just but going beyond that is really what is the communication is happening between two people when i was dancing when i started to do the partner dance on uh, the contact beyond contact i i i saw there was a communication that was happening you do, we didn't need words we we didn't need anything. We just needed our hearts, opening our hearts, opening our being and let ourselves be seen and fully seen. And oh, so many beautiful things can unfold when you let yourself be seen and held and mm. and do the same for another being. And that's, that's for me the true, that's the essence of dance. That's what we, we used to do. And dance has been used in ceremonies for all over the world, all, all civilizations use dance as a healing modality. Mm. It's just, we forgot about it. And it's just a remembrance of, of just the true essence, our nature, how we use movement to heal and to be in our bodies and to communicate and to interact with each other. Yeah. So take us back to Guatemala. I just want to hear how it, the synchronicity of how this new, um, dance modality came into your life yeah so i was in guatemala for yoga teacher training guatemala lake atitlan um is my favorite one of my favorite places in the whole world uh, i feel really connected to this place so i went there to do my yoga teacher training and during a time off and you know yoga teacher trainings are very demanding you don't really have time off so during a time off, I heard there was an ecstatic dance in town. So I went to ecstatic dance. I wanted to release. I wanted to move. And I arrive at ecstatic dance and I see a lot of people doing kind of a contact improvisation dance. I was familiar with contemporary dance and contact improv, which is um, when it's a partnership dance. So there is a lot of technical like lifts and Two people are always in the point of contact and CBC Texas Roots also has a part, a component of contact dance. But I was seeing people dancing and it was, something was different. It was not just the contact dance that I saw in the past. There was a different dimension, a different layer. And it got me, it really sparked my curiosity. I was like, whoa, what's happening between them? I could feel alchemy. And then the full room opened and everyone danced together. And it was like, kind of if you could move the energy with your breath. And it was very like martial arts kind of like and beautiful. And so I I was so curious. And I asked somebody like, what is it? Like, I want to know, what is it about? And then this is when I heard, oh, it's called Contact Beyond Contact. It's this teacher that's um, 
bring those trainings at, at the lake in Guatemala and it's amazing you should go to a class and I never been to a class because then I was in the yoga teacher training and then I had to leave so but it stayed in my consciousness I was like this is one of the most beautiful thing that I have seen and I could feel in, in a long time I need to know what it is about so then I went back to the U.S., went back to California, started to do my research, followed the teacher, uh, Vangelis, on Instagram, and then looked at his website. And there was a training in Greece that was happening during the summer. It was to become a facilitator. And I was about to go to France. And I was in south of France, and Athens and Marseille are very close. So something in me told me, you know what? You're just going to fly to Greece and you're going to take this, this facilitator training, even if you never attended a class. I knew that I needed to do this facilitator training. So I flew to Greece, spent 10 days in Greece, and that's where everything started. And then that was a level one. So the, the training is in different levels. And then I, I did my first level one in Greece and fell in love with the practice really transformational for me as well and as I said reconnecting to the body and to dance in a different way so then I decided to keep going <laughs> keep going and I'm kind of like this once I once I have the, the spark and the interest I need to to know more to experience mm. more so then I went to Mexico to Tulum to do the level two uh, my teacher loves also to travel and he, he really um, teaches all around the world. So I kind of followed him. Then I went back to Guatemala to do the level three. And then finally, in December 2022, I closed my chapter with training in Contact Beyond Contact. And I was in Mexico in Sayulita. And, and that was a beautiful journey, dancing all around the world. And Gosh, just that sounds learning divine. So Absolutely divine. I'm so glad I asked you to finish that story. How inspiring as well. So for it's anybody started. listening who wants the opportunity to connect with you and work with you, what's the best way to do that? So the best way to do it is to, I'm really active on Instagram. I usually post my sessions that I have in Ojai or retreats or dance classes on my Instagram. So it's Karen, my first name, dot uh, my last name, Niche, which mm -hmm. I think we'll put spelled. it in the show notes as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's and a tricky it's one, but it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> and then my, my, my website, I'm actually redoing my website. Needed a lot of love. Um, my website is karennitch.com. So I have all infos about CBC, about breathwork, embodied movement there is another practice that i offer called embodied movement and if you're interested in cbc and and really you you want to learn more about it you can go directly on their website too they have trainings all the time the website is unityspace.org and i will put it i will send it to you as well um mm -hmm, definitely but it's they they have trainings all the time. There is one in in New Mexico happening next month. There is more in Guatemala and Greece. It's all around the world. It's beautiful, and I highly recommend it to anybody. Even if you don't want to be a facilitator, it's just a self development practice, and it's yeah a beautiful way to explore through movement. Yeah, it's a bit like yoga teacher training in that sense. Not everybody who does their yoga teacher training actually wants to teach. It, but it's right. such a beautiful tool of, of self-development, which it sounds like 
this CBC is also. Yeah. Totally. Thank Highly you recommend. so much. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been such a beautiful, delicious, heartwarming chat. I absolutely adore your energy and your intentionality and your integrity. And I wish that everybody can experience your frequency through your words and be uplifted by listening to this episode today. Thank you so much, Jacoby. I'm I'm really honored to be here and yeah, and having this chance to chat with you. So thank you so much for having me and allowing me to use my voice and to share with the world what I'm the most passionate about. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep going on what can sometimes be a tough road to inner peace and true happiness. If you want to dive deeper into what we talked about today, go to thehealingcocoon.co for show notes and all things personal growth. And don't forget, if you're loving The Healing Cocoon, then put that love into action and subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts. And until next time, my friends, let's rise and shine together.